welcome to Don't You Know Sports. And I just want to get started today by saying we are all just so, so, so thankful that we are not Bears fans. Yep. That's, <laughs> well, that is you. relevant today because we are breaking down the NFC North finally, which I know is probably 99% of our listeners who are fans of the NFC North. And joining me today is... Mike Loftus, Michael Hiddings, and David Craig. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's good to be back. Yep. After the wedding hiatus, we're we're in full swing. Heck yeah, let's go. So before we get into the NFC North, uh, I'm going to break down some big sports news that just happened today, and it'll be tomorrow when you're hearing it. Donovan Mitchell has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for... Three first-round picks, Laurie Markkinen, O.J. Zabaji, and Colin Sexton. And, wow, the Cleveland Cavaliers look like a contender in the East. I don't know if that's just me, but they basically have four All-Stars in their starting lineup all of a sudden out of nowhere. And they look like they could really, really compete. And they still have Karis LeVert and... Kevin Love, who would probably be coming off the bench, which is really nice. Yep. Yeah. Breaking it down, it looks like uh, Kevin Love's actually going to be making the second most on that roster currently. <laughs> Goodness. Still cashing Kevin in from Love. that extension from a while ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right when they, when they won the title. Yeah. I, I like what Cleveland's doing, though. East is kind of up for grabs. They're deep now with the addition of Mitchell. He's a, one of the best scorers in the league. And um, and then on the Jazz side of things, you look at all these picks and young guys Oof. that they picked up in the uh, the Mitchell trade and the Gobert trade. Like, they might be out thundering the thunder in getting all these <laughs> young assets and picks. Yeah, they have. I saw um, both, actually, the Thunder and Jazz right now over the next – Seven drafts, each have 15 picks. Wow. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Oh, sorry. And that that's first round picks. So many way. picks. That That's not second round picks. That's first round picks, I believe. So is it going to be one of those situations where they really capitalize and uh, compete for a championship? Or are they going to throw those picks in the trash? I mean, yeah. That's, I, think, I think there's probably a chance... One of the teams honestly flops through this whole process, and one team probably rises to the top of the NBA at some point. It's probably I would say the Jazz there. would be the flop team in that scenario to me. I would agree. I think the, the Thunder have a really, really good head start on it already over the last few years, um, just with some talent with uh, uh, Gilgis Alexander there. So I think they've kind of already started trending upward quicker. It seems like. Yeah, the Thunder are on their way. The Thunder are on their way. You can really see forward. the young pieces there. Yeah, absolutely. Jazz, a little bit of while. The question is, uh, with all these first-round picks, we have to ask the question, which team is LeBron going to when his sons get drafted? <laughs> because yeah. he's, he wants to play with both of them now. And he said he's monitoring who has all those... Tw- 2025, 2026, 2027 draft picks, first round draft picks. So, thinking he's got to be looking at Utah and Oklahoma City, like, oh, I'm going to go there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that could be the ultimate uh, favorite son, uh, you know, debate right there. So sure. where where does this put the Cavaliers in terms of the East? Like, how, where 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 do you guys see them as like a playoff team? Like top four, top five, they, six? They, I don't. I think they're out of the playing tournament. I don't think they'll be there. I think they're top six for sure. I was gonna say four or five in the East, depending on how it shakes out, but. They were good last year, and they kind of struggled with some injuries down the stretch. So I think they could figure it out, though, real easily all of a sudden be there. They had well, they, have, they had three All-Stars last year, and it's just added another one. So, so I'm a guy who knows, like, basically nothing about basketball. So can you, like, kind of go through this little roster for me real quick. Like what, 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 how young are these guys and what makes them really good and what position they're at? Uh, point guard is Darius Garland. He's a, I think a third year pro. He's about uh, probably 23, 24 years old, really talented. Just made his first all-star team last year, breakout season. Shooting guard will now be Donovan Mitchell. Who's, I don't know, 26, 27 years old, all-star good scorer. Mm-hmm. They'll start uh, Isaac Okoro, who was their first-round pick a few years ago at the three, or Karis LeVert, depending on if he's Karis LeVert's healthy. He's had a lot of health issues in his career. And then at the four, they'll start Evan Mobley, yes. who was their first-round pick from not this year, but the year before, who was really, really good. In Wasn't he a rookie year. this year? Yes. So, okay. yeah. And then they'll start... Uh, Jared Allen at center, who was an all-star this year in his first time. And he's a young guy who, again, is like 24, 25 years old. And they have Kevin Love on the bench, who's their 30-year-old veteran, so to say. (laughs) Wow, so this is like a young stud lineup right here. Yeah. Could be good for a long time, huh? Yes, that for sure. That's kind of, I think, the scary thing is they, they look like they could be good for a long time to come. Yeah. Yeah, if everybody stays healthy and those pieces come together, they they could they could compete in a few years, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm willing to go top five right now. Um, I, I think it's a guarantee Celtics are above them. Bucks. Um, yeah, probably heat, Sixers. You know, but they're right in that mid-tier range of where though you know all those other mid-tier East teams are and give it a couple of years with the young core, Mm -hmm. they could be at the the top of the East there. So it's a move that makes sense for their timeline. That's awesome. So you're thinking like a five or six seeded team that could uh, break some hearts come playoff time, huh? Yeah. And then Cleveland's all of a sudden going to be saying LeBron who, when this team's a dynasty in a few years. Yeah. (laughs) Come okay. full circle for Kevin Love, like Master Splinter. Just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There when they were good, they suck. Yeah. And now they're going to be good again, and he's there for it all, which is kind yeah. of... <laughs> right off in the sunset, Kevin Love. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think well, that's enough NBA for now, just because we're still in the pretty deep thick of the off season there, and we are officially... One week away from the first NFL game, and this is our last divisional breakdown, Ugh. and it's probably the biggest one yet. I'm so, so excited. With that being said, let's kick it off 
by talking about everyone's favorite team, the Chicago Bears. Oh, man. Like Ben oh, said, man. I'm just so happy to not be a Bears fan. I have the biggest smile on my face. I'm just ready to rip them apart. <laughs> I was about to say, who wants to start it? But Mike's way too excited. I think he's got to start it. I'll give you the over-under first. The over-under yes. for the Bears is Fair. six and a half, which is okay, a little high. Okay, that's really easy. This six is really and split. a half. So six that's and actually, and a half? That's on the same. Are you freaking kidding me? That's the same over and under as the Lions, too. So I know. Yeah. Embrace debate. If the Bears win three games, that's one. successful. Give me the under. Yeah. Oh, debatably mortgage the house on the under. I mean, that's six and yeah. a half. I mean, come on. That's uh that's a tall I, order for this roster. I think the reason they're doing it is because they probably have an easier schedule being in the NFC. They play the Lions twice, you know, but I mean well, what does that mean, Mike? Are those oh, three we'll get, wins? Yeah, we'll Mike, expand see. upon that. Yeah, yeah. wait, well, elaborate, please. Go straight to the Lions then. <laughs> uh, so are you writing off uh Chicago's two out of the six and a half wins against Detroit? No, I think that the Lions are gonna beat them both times. Okay. I'm just saying that that's probably where they're like thinking, like, oh, the Lions are just gonna be the Lions, they'll probably lose. But I, I, I think both to Detroit, the over under at four and a half. I'm taking the under. Like, I mean, that's. I do think the Bears are going to pull one win out in the NFC North. And I do think it's probably going to be against the Vikings or the Lions. They're going to win one random of those four games they play just out of like rivalry. And they generally play the Vikings pretty well. And the Lions, they play the Lions pretty well. So I think those games will be close. The Packers obviously will blow them out because that's what they do. So the Bears never beat the Packers. Lately. That's easy money. Yeah, lately uh, Packers have owned them. That's for sure. Aaron Rodgers specifically. Yeah, I mean he said it himself. <laughs> he had like three or four fan f- fans pick, flicking him off in the stands, and he's like, "I own you. I still own you." I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, what's what's sad is if you really. Look at their roster. It's just so, so sad from where it used to be. So, yeah, so it's just falling apart. Where's our stance on Justin Fields in his second year? Is he going to be a guy who, you know, shows some leadership qualities, kind of says enough is enough and starts, you know, stringing some good plays, some good reads together and winning games? Or is he going to be a guy who realizes he's on the Chicago Bears and is like, well, this is my life now? <laughs> I, I think he's I, gonna start off in the first camp david but like i don't know how the year goes on how he doesn't yeah. end in the second yeah. spot just with yeah. i mean everything involving that organization that roster their best player on the roster roquan smith wants out right he's Can't not happy and he's like one of the few good players they actually have justin fields might actually be a good young quarterback but the Bears are doing everything in their power to not make him a good quarterback. Yes, so. I, that's exactly why I want to rip them because, I mean, this is a Bears team that they – no one really expected them to get Justin Fields last year in the draft. You know, they were, they were expecting, like, the Broncos to get him, and the Bears ended up getting him. And here's what you have done for your second-year quarterback with a ton of talent. You got rid of his best wide receiver, Allen Robinson, and you replaced him with – Equinemia St. Brown, who all Packer fans know the dude is freaking worthless. And Byron Pringle, who most fans, unless you're a Chiefs fantasy football fan, knows that that guy's worthless as well. 
And now your offensive line is terrible too. And you have a young, young quarterback who holds on to the ball for forever. Put that all together. And then you got a bad defense too. How the heck can you possibly expect Justin Fields to have any sort of success this season? So now the bears are going to be in the running for the first pick overall or good QB. And you have Justin Fields here who, no matter what he isn't, if he doesn't show you any like any sort of like potential, because he's because so, everyone around him sucks. How can you not like try to pick another QB? But then you're not like giving him the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't make they're building this wrong. Because and uh, you just got to feel for Justin Fields, whether you hate hate him or not, you got to feel bad for him. Yeah, I, w- I mean, he's he's in a terrible situation. I will say though, I kind of after I'm looking at the roster a little bit more, their defense, their secondary is actually pretty decent surprisingly they have a pretty solid secondary so they they might be able to do something with that secondary but i mean other than that the only other players on that roster really are roquan smith and robert quinn and i mean that secondary is depending on two rookies but they're very both touted rookies and that they're supposed to be good so i mean if you're the bears i mean i think step one you got to get rid of roquan smith you can't resign him and then just build up that offensive line and give justin fields a a weapon right so you have to do i think yeah i think one of the yeah mike go ahead sorry michael oh yeah um i'm just piggybacking off of what mike said i mean it's this is coming from a lions fan and the lions haven't won since the 1950s like the Bears and how they're doing things and how how this looks is very lion esque. I mean, you have a coach that you're thinking about firing. In the draft, you trade up, give up draft capital, draft a young quarterback for him to coach for a year, only for you to fire that coach, fire the entire offensive staff. Decide at that point, after you've traded assets in the draft to get this young quarterback, we're going to rebuild with a completely new staff, hire a defensive coach. All of it. The log- there is no logic. I-, I just don't get it. These are the types of things that set franchises back for five to ten years. The Bears, it's a lion type of move. That's all I can say. Bears fans, I wish I could give you hope. I don't have it for you. Your franchise makes no sense right now. Yeah, it's it just feels like they're putting pieces in random spots. And one of the biggest things I feel like whole wise that the, the Chicago bears have is their offensive line is one of, one of the worst in the NFC. I would say the worst in the NFC North. Um, That's where they're really going to struggle because some of their identity comes from running the football. You have David Montgomery. um, You know, you have a younger guy in. um, uh, Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, those are, promising backs and you want to keep those guys you know keep the ball in their hands but if you don't have an offensive line creating holes that's that's going to be a tough and tall order yeah and michael do you remember you know what this this whole justin field situation reminds me of do you remember when we talked about when we broke down the jets and instead of talking about the jets we discussed the jordan love versus david mills who would you rather be (laughs) this reminds me of a david mills situation it just seems like a lose-lose situation for justin fields yeah i I think I think Justin Fields, though, I mean, Justin Fields obviously was super touted, so I think he's going to get his opportunity regardless after this. The only difference, Davis Mills, there's a chance he doesn't get that opportunity ever again after this, and that would, that's yeah. going to suck for him. Justin Fields will get another opportunity Agreed. to be a starting yeah. quarterback because right. of how, because people are seeing how the Bears are handling this. 
Yeah. And they're sure. everyone's kind of like, this is ridiculous. Like, what do you expect him to do? Yeah. Yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I feel bad it's, for him. It's also kind of, it could be like a, you know, a rise to the occasion thing. Uh, I do think there's a ton of potential and talent in Justin Fields. So he's going to have to, you know, coming from a winning program at Ohio State, you're going to have to learn to lose and then, you know, kind of take that and move on and see, you know, what you're made of. And at least you still have Darnell Mooney, you know, that he's a young guy. And Ben, Ben just told us before this podcast, you know, he quietly had a thousand yard season last year. So, but that was also with Allen Robinson taking majority of the, of the coverage, but yeah. I mean, at least something, but it's not what you want. You want Darnell Mooney as your number two or three this year, not as your number one. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think based on all of our the way we're talking about the bears i can confidently say i think we are all are taking the under six and a half hammer this no hesitation under, under six yeah. and a half hammer it. I yeah kind of want to take a look at their schedule uh i mean i know the nfc north we have the nfc we have the nfc east and the nfc west uh this year so those are nfc west being very tough but nfc east being not so bad can squeeze out a game here and there randomly against them, yeah. Well, but they, I they start out with 49ers and Packers, so I don't love the start. So 2-0 and o is what you're saying? <laughs> but, yeah. but then they do play the Texans, <laughs> who are basically the exact same team, and then the Giants, who that could go either way as well. Those are those strike those second or third and fourth games strike me as you know wins for the Bears, but I don't know. It's the NFL. So yeah. I, 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 to hit the I over, they got to win a bowl. I'm going to put the Bears around three to four wins this year. I think that's a, I think that's fair. I think because they're going to, they're going to, I think they'll randomly win a game here or there that they probably shouldn't, but I think they're going to just lose a lot of games and <laughs> just have a lot of growing pains. Boys, yeah. Christmas is going to come early this year because guess who comes to Chicago on Christmas Eve? The Bills. Oof. Why oh, would they do? Man. Why would they do that to Chicago fans? Like, it's like what the, they're doing it to the Lions. Dude, I think. Same thing Lions hey, too we'll, on we'll get we'll get to Thanksgiving. It's just the NFL wants to. Yeah, we'll get to Thanksgiving, but that's that's a cruel Christmas for Chicago fans. <laughs> that's tough. Um. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Thoughts and prayers to Bills, uh, or not to Bills, to Bears fans. Absolutely. Uh, well, so continuing on, I think I'm just going to go up from the lowest odds to the highest of who just because we've generally gone highest to lowest. But I wanted to start with the Bears this time because they were going to be fun to make fun of. So <laughs> let's go to Michael and David, your Detroit Lions. And I'm going to let you two talk and give me your thoughts. The over under is set at six and a half, just like the Bears, which is kind of disrespectful, I feel like. But <laughs> Michael, I'll let, I'll let you kind of give your, your piece first. Yeah, so a couple months back, I was heavily drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, I think I've come off the rush of the Kool-Aid a little bit. Six and a half is a tough number for me. I think the yeah. Lions could be really good offensively. Um, they've really improved uh, their wide receiving core. Um, 
They just need their O-line to actually stay healthy because if their O-line stays healthy, I think they have top five, top seven O-line in the NFL. Uh, DeAndre Swift is really good running back. Uh, if Hawkinson can stay healthy, he's a solid tight end. There are pieces there, and I think if Jared Goff is not under duress, he can make enough throws where the Lions offense could do something. I, 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 way I too agree. concerned about the Lions defense. Oh yeah, the, we'll get to the defense. I do. I do want to touch oh, yeah. on the offense. I think that, like you said, Michael, there there's a lot of potential for this offense. I think that there's really good pieces there, especially with adding DJ Chark and the incredible year that you know Amon Ross St. Brown had. Like that's exciting stuff you want to see. Um, my concern is Goff's health. If he goes down, uh, like Lions quarterbacks have in the past two to three years, with Stafford being you know one of those guys, we are screwed. Uh, and Nate is- Sudfield is the GOAT. Don't disrespect him. <laughs> yeah. He's now the backup, and he's been on the roster for two days. It, it, don't get me wrong. Still- I think, yeah, I think I would rather have him than uh, Blau in TB12. But still, 100%. <laughs> It's still it's still a step down. And Jared Goff, I would put him honestly like in the middle of the pack, somewhere between, you know, 14 to 17, 18 ranked quarterback in the league, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know. It could be lower than that. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I think you're being an optimist. What do you where would him at his best is probably around that 16 range. Him at his best is in the 14 to 18. If if he's as bad as he was last year, yeah. Yeah, he he. If he has everything going for him, he can definitely like play up to like you know seventeen, sixteen, eighteen. But I think that like typically like right now, you'd probably I I would put him no higher than like twenty two. I feel like that I, I could take twenty one quarterbacks above him. Okay. I would say um, I would say he's about I I would agree with Mike. He's I think he's in the I think he's at twenty uh, twenty one twenty nineteen in that around the twenty area. I think I went like you said when he's playing his best. I think he can get up to that fifteen, like in the middle mid tier range when he's playing his best. But I, I just I want to see it from him more consistently. Yeah, he had he's had good seasons obviously with when he was with the Rams, but I want to see it from him more consistently. Yeah, he took he took the Rams to a Super Bowl. I mean, Todd Gurley took him to a Super Bowl, but he was still on that team, <laughs> and you know he's he had some pretty good seasons before that too. But I think that was more Sean McVay holding his hand. Right. But to your point, Mike, that's what the Lions are trying to replicate. I, I don't. Yes. I do not believe the Lions view Jared Goff as their Super Bowl quarterback. They don't. I agree. Goff is the placeholder until the Lions have their roster built, so then they can go get that quarterback that is going to take them to the next level. The Ideally, they're going to try and build it. Yeah, he's the bridge guy. Ideally, they're going to try and build it through strong offensive line play. DeAndre Swift, if everything goes right, DeAndre Swift should be the focal point of the offense. If he's effective, then it opens up play action. Goff has time, can get it to Amon Ross St. Brown, can get it to Hawkinson, can get it to Shark. And when Jamison Williams gets healthy and comes back, the pieces are there. I see the, I can't believe I'm saying this. I have optimism as an Alliance fan. We're still a couple years away, but you can yeah. see it on the offensive side, at least. There's progress there. You can see the plan in place. So let me ask, Michael, you a question, something that's kind of been stirring in the back of my head, getting ready to kick off this season is, 
would you be willing to, you know, suffer? And what's, what's another crappy year at this point, if you're a Lions fan, but would you <laughs> exactly. be willing to, you know, would you really be willing to, you know, get another top five pick for a guy like Bryce Young, CJ Stroud to come in and fill in that role and start to, you know, really progress with this team instead of a guy like Jordan? I think, I think I would. Yeah. I think I would go an, another year of four, five, yeah. six win. Uh, you do one more year, at least misery, but misery with progress compared to last year. Like last year was just so rough outside of the last month. Um, but if they should, you can see a little bit of progress. Maybe they get to five wins, six wins. They're still now in that range of top five, top seven pick. They get the Rams first rounder this year. They can package those two first rounders, get up to the top three. And if they want Stroud or Young, they can get them. Yep. And that's your quarterback that you build around for the future. I agree. Uh, on the flip side of the field, like we kind of touched on, the the defense is a concern. The defense is a massive concern. Uh, I feel worried at the linebacker position uh, mostly. Um, not to say that our defensive line, our interior defensive line isn't you know stellar. But there's some holes all over that defensive Ooh, side of the field. You're li- I don't know any of your linebackers. Exactly. <laughs> So to put it into perspective, our highest paid linebacker is Alex Anzalone at about $1.5 million. So we're, yeah, that's our highest paid linebacker. We're looking at, I mean, we cut Jared Davis. The Jared Davis era has ended um, as well good? as that. Is that good? <laughs> you know what? It what it was not, it wasn't a fulfilling role, I don't think, no, for the team. But we're moving on, and a guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo, for everyone who's watched Hard Knocks, um, he's exciting. I don't know if he's got, you know, an NFL, um, a career, a long NFL career in front of him or a successful one, but he shows something, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. There's holes all over that defensive side of the ball. I think that, yeah, David, they're, they're obviously trying to rebuild it right now but i think that they're trying to do it the right way you know they got aiden hutchinson and then you know they took a shot on jeff akuda who hasn't you know returned dividends yet but i mean that's how you build a defense is you know you you start on on the edge rush you get a a good pass rush and then you get good secondary and then you worry about the linebackers later so i i think that they're they're on a good start they're inching yeah Absolutely. And I should, I mean, obviously comment on the rookies, Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the real deal. I think he's going to be a monster. Um, yeah, that's, that's exciting. Jeff Okuda on the jury's still out on, I would say just because of his injury history, but, um, I think he's got that dog in him. I'll give him that. Yeah. I got, I got to ask uh, the two Lions fans out of everyone on this roster, who is the most willing to bite some ankles? <laughs> kneecaps, kneecaps kneecaps sorry kneecaps yeah. um, some kneecaps that's a good question actually um a really good question i mean i hope you know no one gets suspended actually for biting kneecaps and takes that quite literally <laughs> but um i don't know i like um i like a guy like penny Sewell. i think he's gonna be someone who really takes this position um very, very seriously. Uh, I think he's the focal piece of this offensive line. Um, I'd like to see him really blossom this year. And honestly, if Aiden Hutchinson goes out in rookie year and, and goes off, then then I'd say he's a, he's a kneecap biter too. Yeah, 
I I was leaning. Uh, I think those two guys, man, late last two first round picks, they were you know this regime's first, but they're the essential like physical Mauler offensive defensive linemen. Go get them, uh, kneecap biters. Um, I think you guys made valid points about the defense. I have David. You said it. There are holes all throughout that defense. Um, their defensive line. You, I see potential there. They're very young. They're all pretty much all guys outside of like Romeo Aguara that were yeah. drafted within the last three years. Right. So it's going to take another year or two for them to build up. But if they hit, Lee McNeil looks like he could be really good as defensive tackle. Hutchinson, yep. if they get Josh Pascal back and healthy, Julian Aguara as a rusher. Um, there's some potential there to build it up. The linebackers, you know, I love the heartwarming story of Malcolm Rodriguez. I have a special heart for Oklahoma State guys. I have cousins that went to college there. So like, Rodrigo, you're the man. But also, it says not great things about the depth of our linebacking core when a six-round pick is coming in. And uh, he's definitely earned the starting job based on how he's played. Like, he will start. Yeah. He's earned it because the rest of the guys are that bad. And that's and – that's, and, yeah, that's the thing is I'd rather – have a guy who's busting his butt and wants to be out there going you know not that those guys don't want to be out there but clearly there's a there's someone who's doing the job better and you know what I hate I hate this comparison and I hate that this comparison fell in my head but (laughs) he kind of reminds me of like in terms of football smarts watching him read the uh, the offensive line watching him read the backs he reminds me of a Luke Keekley um like a very very in tune linebacker with a with a with a really good head on his shoulders. Um, so I don't know. That's probably could not be more wrong. But I'm gonna hold on to that. But I mean, the thing is, with a guy like him, even if he's a six round pick, these other two guys have been in the NFL before, so they've had their chance. So you kind of have an right. idea what you're getting of them. Like, give this guy the chance to do something and make a name for himself. And who knows? Like, I mean, six round picks and drafted players, seventh round picks, they all make names. They're, you can find someone from each round who's been a future Hall of Famer. So, like, exactly. you, you never know what you're going to get. If he's, and, if he's one of their best linebackers, he's earned the job, regardless of where he's drafted. You know, yep, I didn't I mean, think he'd be starting when he came in drafted round six, but he's earned it. Yeah, they're all professionals. So, I mean, go out and get it. But um, the secondary worries me. Uh, you know, Tracy Walker, I think, is a guy who's going to have a massive role in that, that position um you know kind of field general so to speak but our cornerback cornerback position uh does concern me i'm i'm excited to have jeff okuda back in the starting lineup and i really really want him to do well because i think he's a good guy and a good player but obviously injuries have you know kind of plagued him you know it's kind of funny yeah and it stinks the way you guys talk about the lions it i think that i am more optimistic about your lions than you guys are well, the thing is, is like we just we've seen it year in and year out. I mean, since I've been alive. Yep. This is different though. This this year honestly feels different. And here's why. Don't because say that, Mike. Don't you last, say that. Sorry, I don't want to get your guys' hopes <laughs> up. Just I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> I like Dan Campbell as a head coach. I think he's awesome. He's a hell of a character. Um, but 
the Lions were scrappy last year. They were winning games that they shouldn't shouldn't have, and then they obviously lost in the most Lions way possible, which was hilarious to me. Yeah. And that's going to happen again, but I can still see this team winning six to seven games. And I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, knocking on the playoffs doorsteps or anything like that, but they're going to win games that they shouldn't. Like they absolutely are going to be counted out. Maybe they'll take one from the Packers. Maybe they'll take one from the Vikings. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, was it the, the Lions played the Packers and they held the lead for the full 60 minutes. And then the yeah. Packers somehow won the game, and yep. they the Lions just lost in the most Lions yes. way. And was, I, I feel like that the Rodgers Hail Mary in Detroit was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. the Lions yes. led the entire That's game. It, yes, 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 yes. The game, the Lions led the entire game outside. Of, uh, yeah, they led the game for sixty minutes and lost. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah, there was a face mask on that play, but we don't have to talk about that. But sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> was done is done. Packers made the playoffs. None of it came of it anyway. But anyway, right, so right. probably my favorite game of all time. Anyway, the Lions lose in the most Lions way as possible. But and right. that's going to continue on. Don't get me wrong. But they're also going to win games that they shouldn't. And I think that I think they're on the right track. It sounds like they have a team that like they want to win. They might not be good, but they want to win. And that's more scary than a team that's like kind of just like mellowed out. Like what I would feel like about like the Bears or the Giants or the Texans or something like that. So I I'm giving the Lions the benefit of the doubt this year. I'm going to put them at six, maybe seven wins. OK, I, I, I will. I will end with this. I think the rosters improve. I think Dan Campbell has to uh, be be the guy he's got. He's got to be the guy he is. He's. I don't want him to change who he is. He's kind of a character, but he's got to just get behind these guys and keep pushing them because they are that scrappy team. Like you said, Mike, they're going to win games they shouldn't. They're going to be in there in the fourth quarter. So I, I think the roster's improved. I'd like to see – I'd be happy as an improvement from three wins last year to about six wins this year. Um, that's pretty sad, but that's where I'm at. No, it's not that sad. I mean, you got to start <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Ben, right. what was the over yeah. under for them? Six and a half. And yeah, I'll take the under. I was going to say, I'll take the under because I think it's six. I literally yeah. think it's six. I also <laughs> think it's six, guys. You know, so I'm taking the under, but they're going to, they're going to be right around that six and a half. So it's not an easy bet for me with the Lions. Uh, two months ago, I would have said, give me the over. They're winning eight or nine. Re- reality is set in. The understanding of these are still the Lions. Uh, six wins means they've improved by three wins. There's improvement there. Still things to go. I'm taking the under. Um, but at least some potential and optimism with the Lions. Yep. Hear me roar right now, boys. I'm taking the over. They're hitting seven. Ah, love it. I'm doing love it. Love it. The first time I've Give ever been out against the Lions in my Give entire life. I hope the seventh win comes in week 17 against the Packers. <laughs> you know I'd hate that. <laughs> That'd be great. You know I'd hate that. Unless, we'll, uh, unless it's like last year where Green Bay has the one seat locked up, so they're like, hey, Aaron, don't even bother uh, flying out to Detroit. Yeah, put is that Jordan Green Love Bay? in there. Let's watch hey, him suck right. and lose the game. Which is 100% probably going to be the case. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually very probable. The yeah, I can see it. Win number seven. Because Who, the Packers have the Oh, that's at Lambeau. Solo. Looks like at Lambeau. Oh, they can just say, hey, Aaron, just just sit at home, watch the game on Fox. I'm just saying, yes, though, guys, like going into, is it like week 15, if the Lions are anywhere close, anywhere close to, to the playoff contention, they got three potential wins 
against the Jets, Panthers, and Bears back to back to back at, to at, to close out the season. And then they got the Packers, obviously. But hey, the I mean, Packers might have that locked up and be if the Packers players. lock it up and they play the and play they play yeah. Jordan Love and all the backups. That could be four wins in a row at the end, back end of the season. It's gonna be a. There's not going to be a single game where the Lions are going to be able to, like, coast take off. Like, it's going to be week in and week out, fight for your life. Grind. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think Dan Campbell would want it any other way. This guy loves that. (laughs) That's who he is. Dan Campbell would not make a great head coach for every franchise in the NFL. But for the Detroit Lions, he's the perfect (laughs) coach. For the Detroit Lions, he's the perfect coach. You guys are probably gonna hate that I'm about to say this, but I feel like I I, I feel like the Lions is my little brother for the Packers. You know, oh like I, I've watched them, you know, they've 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 had their ups, they've had their downs, mostly downs, but you know, I just I just want to see them do well. They're they're cute. They're my little kitty cat. Oh god. See, and that but that's fair though. Like I feel Vikings fans and even to an extent Bears fans feel that way. Because really, in the NFC North, we suck so much that no one views us as a threat. If we uh, were a threat, y'all would hate us. Hey, but you I'm don't just gonna because say, we're not a threat. Every time I, we play the Lions, I have a heart attack because the Vikings can never just blow the Lions out. They always have to play them down the to the last. That's Vikings. the same with the Packers, too. Like, the Packers always blow play them, them out. Close. Get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers do that, too, Ben. I swear to God, every time the Lions are always close. And I'm just like, oh. I remember going to a bar with you Lions actually fan. a couple years ago and, and, and the Lions I, like want like there was like twenty to twenty-three and the Packers barely made it out in the last like few seconds of the game. It's unreal. As a Lions fan, I wouldn't mind you blowing us out if that's the case. Like save me two hours of sitting on my couch and watching TV. So like, as Lions you know, fans, don't make where me sit there guys, until four to be heartbroken. Where do you guys what do you guys want this season to be? Do you guys want to be like grindy, scrappy, like a seven and ten win team? Or do you kind of wish that you would suck a little bit and have a good chance at a quarterback? Because I mean, you got a couple you got some really good targets on uh for your next QB and you got a developing offensive line. Now's the time to get a QB. Yeah. I I don't think that like it's gonna be a scenario where the Lions uh you know, tanking's not necessarily a thing in the NFL, despite people saying it. I don't think that they are going to look at this season and be like, let's plan for the future. I think that they're trying to build now. Uh, um, so I think with the pieces they have, they're going to try to, you know, win win games. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be based on the coming quarterbacks in the future drafts. But as a but, fan, what do you want, DC? I want to win football games. I'd love yeah. 7-10. Um, yeah. And Michael? I'm, I'm in that push-pull. I'm in that push-pull. And I think part of it is because, in my eyes, I don't view Goff as the quarterback that can lead them to the Super Bowl. So Neither I do want I. them to be in that position to get that quarterback. I don't know if it's C.J. Stroud. I don't know if it's Bryce Young. But I think those guys have a better potential of getting us there than Goff does. Agreed. My fear becomes... <laughs> If they do go nine, get to nine wins, golf played well enough to get them to nine wins. Okay, they probably keep him, you know, because he got him in playoff contention. And then internally, I go through all of this. Do I yeah. really want a future with Jared Goff? But then the other part of it is like David said, let's. We've been a franchise that's been losing forever. Like let's go win some games and just see how it goes. 
and like I don't even know like I we you know we haven't had that draft pick for a quarterback since Matthew Stafford that you know but like look look at what a number one pick in Matthew Stafford did for the Lions nothing like I don't even right. know I don't even know if a guy like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is the long-term answer because of the history of this team you really <laughs> you like it's almost hard and if you don't live it week in and week out, you, you but then know. that's, but then you're just tossing in a towel. Like, all right, we're just going to suck forever. I mean, you got to start somewhere. I, but I think it's, that's what, yes, Mike. We're parents are trained for this. That's just what we are. Yeah. No, we're like, it's, it's uh, we've seen it too often to not yeah, have these thoughts. We're conditioned. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm going to still take the under, but I'm worried about Dan Campbell's blood pressure too. I hope uh he <laughs> I hope he talks to his provider before the season gets get some uh maybe medication if necessary, but some good health insurance for the yeah, man. Dude's got to yeah. lay off the five espresso shots or whatever he has every morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh, I thought I was a coffee drinker and then you read his Starbucks order and you're like, "How have you not had 10 heart attacks right now, man. Well, that's like, why he wants body to fight some kneecaps. <laughs> He's got so much caffeine, he needs to do something. He's like, I gotta bite some kneecaps today. Let's go. More power uh, to him. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before we move on from the Lions, uh, Jared Davis is technically still in the Lions practice squad, I just saw. So you are, not Yeah, a- you, you are correct, but <laughs> I do think that's where he'll remain. Oh, okay. we... Yes, yes. And if he <laughs> can't know. make this roster of linebackers, huh. That's fair. That's that's not a good look. Yeah, no, I'd rather keep him there. <laughs> All right, so, my, uh, Vikings? Yes, yes. The Vikings over-under is eight and a half. And uh, I, I'm normally pretty pessimistic, but as the season's drawn closer, I've gotten really unfortunately optimistic about the team this year and i'm really really i don't know hyped on kirk cousins which i said i'd never do again but i'm i'm on kirk cousins bandwagon again and You're asking for heartbreak um Dude, i don't think i, I don't know. think I this think, year this year's I think different the vikings are different. a dark horse in the nfc they're the, the biggest too. issue is going to be the offensive line the interior offensive line is absolute garbage they have two very solid tackles now, but the interior offensive line is terrible. They have three outstanding wide receivers. You got a, a Delvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins is probably the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL for yep. just no reason, and it doesn't really make too much sense. It's because he's kind of a goober, and I've yes. been a Kirk fan since he's been at Michigan State, so I agree. I don't like tolerating Kirk slander. He's he's a good quarterback. He will get – I mean, 33 touchdowns and seven picks last year. I would take that from Jared Goff 11 days out of 10. Here, here's here's the reason why he gets the hate. <laughs> Sorry, but here's the reason. Like, It's because <laughs> – and now other people, I'm not saying this is my opinion. This is other people's opinion. It's because he can't win the big game and he's a garbage time quarterback. Okay. A lot of, that's a lot. A I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's I'll, what, to go that's what on I read stack. online. Ben, you speak the facts, <laughs> but I'm just saying that that's all I hear online is that Kirk Cousins gets a lot of his stats. Uh, and, you know, last quarter when they're already down 10 
Um, and then the other thing is that he can't really win the big game. Like he, that, that's kind of legit. You know, remember he had that, those prime time chokes and then he hasn't really done anything in the playoffs. That's, that's the reason I'm just being the, uh, I'm just being the messenger. Okay. Um, counterpoint last two seasons, Kirk cousins in the fourth quarter leads the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks and ties. Oh, he has not, his team has not always won the game because he's taken the lead with the less than two minutes left in our crappy defense the past two years, has blown the game up and let the other team score. Kirk Cousins has proven what people don't want to see because the Vikings didn't get wins, but he's proven the last few years that he's clutch and he has like, like a little bit of fire in him when that he's down. He's kind of started to show up and throw extremely well, get them down the field, put them in scoring range. They kick field goals. Their kickers missed field goals last year. The Vikings were in, I, they were in one score games every game last year besides two, and they were eight and nine, and Kirk Cousins was absolutely absurd. The garbage time stats is when you're losing by, I think it's two score, I think 14 points or more, and all his stats come within 10 points or less. He's always, they're always within 10 points. He's made comebacks as large as, I think, I think, Two years ago against the Broncos, he made an 18-point comeback in the fourth quarter and, like, was on fire. I mean, dude gets it done. If you would have asked me this two years ago, I probably would have had the same thing. But two years has changed a lot, and he's a completely different quarterback than he was. His confidence is up. Zimmer held him down so much. And I think with an offensive-minded head coach, he's going to take off this year. Zimmer wanted to play conservatively. He didn't trust Kirk Cousins. Because he's he always trusted his defense, and that's why Zimmer's gone. Zimmer's defense sucked the last two years, and that's why he's gone because his defense couldn't back it up, and he didn't want to let Kirk sling the football when they were down. Yeah, if you're a defensive-minded head coach and your defense sucks, that's usually not a good combo. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. times, yeah, it's not good. Um, um, ben, do you have any concerns over two things? So first off. Well, a lot of people don't know. Kirk Cousins is now 34 years old. So he is starting QBs last a while, but he, you know, they, it's starting to get up there. The second question, the most important question is, do you see Kirk Cousins winning three playoff games in a row and then maybe a Super Bowl? Like, can you see that happening? Because in my, in my opinion, I I can't see it because he hasn't, I don't even know if he's, I know he he played the Saints. Yeah, he played the Saints. In New Orleans. Doesn't, and play, they, doesn't win big games. Doesn't win big games in New Orleans in yeah. overtime. Those a dagger Adam Thielen down the, to the one yard line. Minneapolis That's miracle, digs. right? That's Case Keenum. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. Getting <laughs> mixed up. But anyway, yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. But can you see that happening? You know, those three big steps. You know, back to back to back, and then the Super Bowl. Like yes, yeah. If okay, I'm going to give you two examples. If Jared Goff can make a Super Bowl and only lose by uh, one score then Kirk Cousins can do it. And if Matthew Stafford can win a Super Bowl, I think they're very similar quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford is better, but they are very, very, very similar in a lot of aspects. And what Sean McVay was able to do with Matthew Stafford to unleash him is what I really have kind of built myself up with Kirk this year and thinking That's he fair. can do this. And I'm, I'm, here's my hot take of the fantasy football season. Kirk Cousins for MVP. Oh, so, that's a hot take. I don't hate it. I mean, you got... I like that the, you're putting putting that one down there. 
Standing I mean, with. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Dark Horse. Wants Kirk me back down to Dark Horse. Three. <laughs> Vikings. I can, can I get an opt out in week three? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm with you. It, I share the optimism on the Vikings. To me, the Vikings are the NFC's version of, um, I mean, I'll say it, Jacob's Dolphins. Just where you get an offensive-minded head coach in someone who can call plays. They have weapons everywhere in the in the passing game. Now, Cousins is a more established NFL quarterback than Tua is. There's no doubt about that. Um, but this is the first time where it's like Cousins has a legit, solid play caller. I mean, the only other times I, could, I would probably argue it was when he had Stefanski, right? But even then, as you said, he was held back by Zimmer. They're going to let it loose. They're going to let it fly. And Minnesota well, could score some points. They have weapons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, you talked about it, but your receiving core is disgusting. And an addition of Jalen Rager, can you, you know, get more out of him than, um, you know, what Philadelphia got out of him? That's that's a question that's kind of yeah. looking to be answered. And the Vikings have done a great job of developing wide receivers. That's they Clearly. They do a great job of doing that. I mean, K.J. Osborne, two years ago when he was drafted, was doing – he was on punt return duty and muffed a bunch of punts, and they literally benched him, didn't touch him the rest of the season, basically. And then last year, he busted out for, I think, like 700 yards and seven touchdowns and was a valuable contributor on the offense. So Yeah, and, and wasn't Jalen Rager, wasn't he picked in the... Uh, right before Jefferson. Yeah, yeah right, right before, before Jefferson. Justin, yeah, yeah, that was that, was that was, famous video of Zimmerman just being like, he's they didn't take him? What? Yeah, yeah they were and, laughing. The, the yeah. Vikings had like front offices laughing at the I can't Eagles. I believe for they didn't take them. But either right, way, this yeah. is still a first round pick who was only like only a two two years ago first round pick. Like the dude still has potential. He still mm-hmm. has a comeback in him. He probably isn't gonna be anything, but there's still potential. I, I, think, I, I think it's really safe. I think it's a really good move by the Vikings. I think it's about getting out of your play. What you can get out of your players. I just don't know if Philly was the right fit for him at the right time. But I mean. I don't know. Yeah, Jalen Hurts throwing to him. Yeah. And I think the I think the biggest difference we're gonna see with the Vikings this year is an improved defense even without Zimmer. They switched to a three four defense. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, I'm like salivating at the idea of Daniil Hunter playing three four and being standing on the edge instead of being in like on a three point stance on the ground. I'm like ready for him to just take off on blitzes yeah. off the edge with his speed and just overpower people. They signed Zadarius Smith on the other side, and he supposedly is looking like his injury last year was not a thing. Obviously, training camp is – you hear that all the time, but I'm right. feeling confident. The only question for me is going to be the cornerbacks, really, on that d- team. They have pretty much every other position, to me, solved, but it's the corners. Patrick Peterson's old. He's a good veteran, but everyone else in the corner group is super young and they're going to have to build. And that's, I mean, that's actually a good, um, I say a position. If you're those young guys looking at a guy like Patrick Peterson, he might not do the things physically to the best of their abilities, but he's going to have that teacher aspect that he can pass down what he's learned in his career. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully those young guys with their uh, younger bodies can kind of fill into. 
Yeah, I think having Patrick Peterson there is huge. And then, like like you said, Ben, earlier, you know, that interior defensive line isn't great, but, man, it sucks. It's going to suck seeing Zadarius Smith in, in purple. Delvin it Tomlinson really and Harrison Phillips are both very solid interior defensive linemen. Just saying. All right. So I, I saw something about uh, Armand Watts. Apparently – He's on the Bears now. They cut him. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He was he was supposed to be coming up, but they cut him and the Bears picked him up off waivers. I see. Gotcha. They traded for Ross Blacklock, who is uh Houston's second round pick two years ago, um, for a seventh round pick. They haven't gotten Houston hasn't gotten what they wanted out of him. And another position Minnesota's thrived at developing is defensive linemen. So that's another one I'm excited to see if they can kind of maximize his potential and see that turn around because I think they have the defensive line and slash outside linebackers, edge rushers. Um, mm-hmm. If any of them get hurt, they're screwed because they don't have depth. Right. That The defensive depth of the Vikings is absolutely horrendous. And if they go through injuries at all in that front seven, they're going to be struggling throughout the year. Yeah, I was bummed to see uh, Kenny Willickis uh, have, like, you know, be on the IR because I love that dude at, at State. He's a monster. Yeah, and he, he's gotten – when he played – he's, when he's played a few times, he's, he's a huge energy guy. So, he, he like, actually makes a pretty big impact. He's carved out a role when he's played a few times. So Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me of, like, Max Crosby. Obviously not have that, that caliber of talent, but the potential at least. Absolutely. I, I, I'm always bummed. I was bummed I saw him on the IR this year, too, because I really want it. I was hoping he could be healthy and kind of sneak into the rotation potentially, because when he's played, he always just looks so right. energetic and just going all the time. And I, I just you need those guys on the field. You need those guys. 100 yeah. percent need those guys. Yeah, I, I will say I am. I am nervous to play the Vikings with that week one. Right. Rush. Yeah. Yes. Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, man, they they make me so nervous. If they're healthy, they are a top three combo in the league, maybe better. I mean, that, that that's just scary. That's lethal. Yep. Um, I'm but nervous. They gotta be healthy. I'm nervous about Kenny Clark destroying the interior offensive line that the Vikings have. They're basically just dummies standing there trying right. to block, and I'm pretty sure Kenny Clark is going to destroy Kirk Cousins week one about three, four times. So I'm a little and nervous Rashawn about Gary, that. Don't forget about Rashawn Gary, my man. Well, the ta- I'm not worried about the tackles. If he comes in in a swing on the inside to one of those guards, then I'll, then he'll probably get a sack. But if he's going on those tackles, I'm confident there. I'm not confident if anyone's going in the interior. You think Kenny Clark's <laughs> going to have a big game? I think he's going to destroy those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel but, like the, in that regard, the Vikings, Kirk gets the ball out quick, and that's that's something that he's always been pretty good at doing, which mm-hmm. if you got a guy like Justin Jefferson who, if he gets one step on you, you know, see ya, that's, that's the one thing I would hold on to. Yeah, and I will say Kirk in these last – these two years, he's really grown a lot. Is I mean, he's grown in pocket presence a lot because he's had to because the Vikings offensive line has been terrible. And he's gotten very well at sensing pressure and not like not giving putting himself in a situation where he's going to get sacked. He's right. very good about knowing where to move in the pocket. And he's developed that a lot in the last few years. And he's actually been more willing to run the last few years to take off and go, which he wouldn't have done in the past. So sky's the limit for Kirk MVP, Captain Kirk. 
Captain Kirk. Yeah, well, um, I'm smashing the over. It's not even a question. Eight and a half? A easy nine wins at least. Ten probably. I'm going over on the Vikings. I'm going over. I'm I, I went me. under on the Lions and a big under on the Bears. There's wins there for the Vikings on top of a couple other going to take. Over yeah, on I the agree. Vikings at eight and a half. I'm taking the over on the Vikings. I agree. This one is a pretty easy one as well. I As much as it kind of pains me because I am nervous about the Vikings and I hope they go seven or eight wins, but there's no way they don't have eight or nine or ten. They, they could easily get ten wins, so especially in this division against the Lions and Bears, and they'll take one from the Packers. Always happens. They split. Yep. It's a split, split every year. Every, every single year. It's I hate just, it. It's so annoying. Yeah. We could literally be... There's no point oh, in playing these games, can, I know. The, the, the Vikings and Packers, one of them could be 0-16 heading into the final game, and they could play each other, and that team with his 0-16 would win the game and get that one win to split the series. Every time. <laughs> this feels that way. Yep. I will uh, say, the Vikings gave the Lions their first win last year. That was cool. Yeah, I was absolutely furious. The game in which <laughs> yeah, Kirk again came back, and the defense blew it. Kirk yeah. threw down the when field. You- when you said that, Ben, I'm sitting there and going, uh, Lions first win last year. Yeah. Also, the Lions, when they lost to the Vikings the first game, Kirk got the ball with like 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Field goal ran. Game-winning field goal, yeah. yeah. That crushed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I will stop talking about the Vikings. Uh, Kirk's going to win the MVP, and you'll all see. It'll be Is he going to win fantasy MVP or regular season, like actual MVP? Wait, I kind of. What are his sportsbook odds right now? Let's look it up. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't hate it. I really don't. I don't think he's gonna get it, but he could definitely get I mean, some votes in there. The Vikings would have to win the division. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they would have to be one of the clear favorites in the NFC by the playoffs times. He would have and, to have forty touchdowns and probably close to five thousand yards, which he's never done. And Kirk, Kirk would have to take a step forward as, as you know, obviously he's a good leader, but he has to take a step forward, like talent and, and performance-wise, to a new, whole new level, which he can do with all of his, his targets. One guy that we com- totally forgot about was Irv Smith Jr. Yep. Uh, he's a guy I was trying to target year. last year in fantasy, and now I got him in one of my teams this year, so I'm really excited for him. Yeah, he's, he's solid. He's Irv Smith talented. Plus 6,000. I don't want to. If I could bet in the state of Wisconsin, I would. Said <laughs> dollar to win six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> give me that. Um, that. Let's okay. Let's move on to the division favorites and the division favorites ever since Aaron Rodgers arrived. Basically, um, <laughs> eleven and a half wins is the over and under for the Green Bay Packers this year. It's. It's it's it's. I think it's very fair that eleven and a half wins seems about reasonable. It's you could get eleven, you go twelve. It all depends on how the receivers perform. I think with Rodgers, and was I was feeling pretty. Like? <laughs> what was that? I was like, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Bad. Is that is that okay. insulting to you? Eleven and a half. No, it's not insulting. I'll, I'm gonna give why I think it's wrong, but I don't think it's insulting, especially because Devontae is gone. This wide receiver corp sucks. I'd be surprised if they score over 25 points in, in games. It's just like they're going to rely on the run game and the defense. So I no, will say a half is not insulting. Oh, before you get started on giving us your breakdown, Mike, I was very confident these wide receivers are going to suck until 
Aaron Rodgers said Sammy Watkins stepped it up after the Saints practice where he complained about everyone dropping it, and Sammy Watkins basically hasn't dropped a pass the rest of the offseason, and that made me freaking terrified because I'm just like, oh, Sammy Watkins about to do one of those random three-touchdown weeks in week one that he has in fantasy every year and then disappear for six weeks. Listen, yeah. here's what's going to happen. This is I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. Everyone, write this down. Draft Sammy Watkins in, in your league, in your fantasy leagues, and in the first or second week, he's going to put up a 40-banger. He is going to put up 40 points, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, Sammy Watkins, greatest duo of all time since De- Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers. And then he's going to suck for the rest of the year. So you trade him Or get hurt. Or hurt, yeah. But, I mean, he's good. No, regardless, he's going to be absolutely u- useless. You take that 40 banger you start him in the first two weeks and then you trade him you send him off to the biggest sucker in your league and get i don't know you could get something something good like a t higgins or something who's going to start slow send it baby do it that's what's (laughs) going to happen i don't hate that that's actually that's pretty on par with how i see that that the start of the season going (laughs) wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me well that's just what he does sammy watkins man one game wonder every year I'll let you take off. Tell, tell us All about right. the Packers. I don't really know where to start. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just start with the thing that sucks the most. Aaron or Devontae Adams left the Packers. It sucks because we developed him, we drafted him, we developed him. He was amazing. You know, first couple of years, he was like, he dropped everything. And we're like, who the heck is this guy? Why, where are we still playing him? And all of a sudden, he turns into Devontae Adams that we all know and love. And, you know, very humble guy, one of the best route runners in the league. And his footwork is incredible. And sucks to see him go. The Packers offered him a ton of money. I mean, a ton of money. More than the Raiders. Uh, supposedly, more than the Raiders offered him. Does but that tell you something? It tells me that he's uncertain about his career at, with the Packers because who the hell knows what's going to happen with Rodgers? The dude's an enigma. You don't know if he's going to be here next year or the year after. Yeah, he signed for four more years, but we don't really know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He just like he kind of just talks out of his butt and messes with the media, and that's fine. But as a wide receiver who wants to be paid and have se- job security and like, you know, be one of the greatest, how can you put your money on Jordan Love or someone after Aaron Rodgers when you don't even know in two or three years if he's going to be there. So I can't blame Devontae for wanting to leave. I really can't. It just sucks because I don't they didn't leave on difficult terms. It's just it was it, it was it just sucks. It was sad. So um I, I can't blame him though. But that allowed all that money that we saved from not signing Devontae Adams that allowed us to to re-sign Devontae Campbell, who was a Pro Bowl middle linebacker last year, and uh, Razul Douglas, who was a ball hawk, uh, you know, second cornerback. He the dude was a stud. So, yeah, I'm nervous about this offense. But here's the bright side of this offense: we got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in a solid offensive line. They're gonna pound the rock constantly. They're gonna like try to turn into like a San Francisco Vikings offense where they just want to run the ball, do these zone these zone runs heavy, run out the clock, and then rely on 25 points to win you the game. They're not going to be like putting up 30 points as much anymore, and Aaron Rodgers is probably not going to have an MVP season anymore. But that's okay because we're still going to win a bunch of games. They're going to pound the rock, and they're going to rely less on Aaron Rodgers, which is weird because Aaron Rodgers is your best player 
four-time MVP and you're going to rely less on him. A little weird, but, I mean, he is older, so it is what it is. But this defense, man, I'm telling you, they are, they're going to be a fantasy sleeper. They're going to be like, uh, you guys remember 2016, the Bears defense. They got Khalil Mack, and everyone was like, we don't really know what this defense is going to be. They could be good. They turned out to be the best defense in the league. I'm thinking that this Packers is going to be like that, man. They got Kenny Clark, who's an absolute stud. They got some good linebackers in Devontae Campbell, very underrated. They just picked Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, both from Georgia. You got the G's, just different colors now. Deshaun <laughs> Gary, who's an absolute <laughs> stud. And then Jair out here. Oh, here's here's another thing, guys. Okay, so back to back to back 13 win seasons, right? That's why they're going to win another 13 seasons this year because that's just destiny. Anyway, so you're taking 2020. The over. I'm taking the over. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I'm just that's more of a biased thing. But I just want you guys to know. So 2020, we lost to San Francisco. We lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that year. Heartbreaker. You know, we got three picks off Brady and we still lost. Anyway. Aaron, we had five guys who had career years. You had Aaron Rodgers, who had an MVP season. You had Devontae Adams, who had a career year. Unreal. Bakhtiari, unreal year. Jair Alexander broke out. Probably the best cornerback that year. I don't know if he's the best, you know, in, in the NFL, but he's right up there, and he had the best year. And then Zadarius Smith, you know, unreal seasons. Last year, we missed three of those guys. We had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, and that's it. We lost Zadarius, Bakhtiari, and Jair Alexander, and we were still a 13-win team. Yeah, we lost to Darius this year, but now we got Bakhtiari and, and Jair Alexander back. I'm but nervous about Kevin losing Devontae, but sorry, what was that? You had Kevin King, though, so, you know, he kind of. <laughs> so glad he's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had now we got Eric that. Stokes, who's who's a rookie, and Roswell Douglas, who's like, he's kind of like, um, who's Stokes that guy out, out? What? Eric Stokes is second year now. What did I say? Rookie. Oh, sorry, man. He was a rookie going yes. into his second year. And then Roswell Douglas, who's like uh, your your Trevon Diggs out there. He's a ball hawking machine. So I love him as my number two. I love these safeties. I love this defense. Yeah, I'm all so, in. I, so, I'm not all in because I know that, it, that we're going to lose in the divisional round. We just so don't where have does it go offense. wrong for the Packers if, if it does, Mike? Where it goes wrong, it's a good question. Probably on the offensive line, and then that means that we can't run the ball anymore and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have protection. Like, if Bakhtiari doesn't come back, like, he's he's back, but no one knows what happens to, you know, an offensive line left tackle coming from the, that knee injury. So I think uh, offensive line is where it's, like, kind of built upon because if you don't have that offensive line, you're not going to be able to build to run the rock and – that's what we're going to be doing this year. You know, take, take, be confident in your fantasy picks with uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They're going to be solid. But yeah, if this offensive line goes down, these, this Packer team was, will not do well. Yeah. I would, yeah. I, I do have a question for you. I know um, when you're talking about your defense, the, there's, I know there's a lot of Packer fans who despise Preston Smith. Yeah. What are your thoughts on him? He's back. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Preston Smith. The he reason, definitely was good at one point, and now he's yeah. kind of. The reason why they hate him is because his first year he was really, really good, and then his second year he wasn't nearly as good, and they kept putting him into coverage, and he's horrible in coverage. So now they're kind of using him to more of his strengths and less of his weaknesses. So he's still a solid outside linebacker. He's not great, but that that that's where the hatred comes from is because he had that horrible second year with the Packers and they didn't utilize him right. They're starting to utilize him now and you don't really hear his name all that much, but he's still pretty solid out there. I don't hate him. I don't love him. Just, eh. 
But I love Devontae Campbell, man. That dude is a freaking stud, man. Do we luck out with him? Does Aaron Rodgers' drug problem concern you? Oh, not at all, man. That's awesome. I'm trying to drug him too. No, I'm, I'm just trying kidding. to do some is... ayahuasca. <laughs> Listen, man. Whatever it takes to be MVP, let him do his thing. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers things. I stay out of his personal life. I'm one of those. Okay, now we're getting into it. I don't get the hate. With Aaron Rodgers. Like, okay, I get it. Viking fans, Bear fans, Lions fans. Yeah, you hate them all you want. And any other fan, you hate them all you want. That's totally fair. Don't care. Packer fans, why do you hate Aaron Rodgers? Because he doesn't talk to his mom? Because he has bad hair? Boo freaking who? The dude is a four-time <laughs> yeah. MVP, and he won you a Super Bowl. I mean, you're taking this guy for granted. If he was off this team, which he has been he, being injured, and this team is absolute garbage. You watch this man every dang, every dang Sunday, and he wins you ball games. You're not looking at his hair. You're not talking to his mom. Who cares what goes on in his personal life? If, if you came up to me and you judged me over how my personal relationship with my family is, you're about to get slapped. We're not <laughs> about to be friends. The discussion I, is over. So get out of Aaron Rodgers' personal life. Hop off of his hair. Just deal with it. The dude is a four-time MVP. He is your he is arguably the most talented quarterback to ever touch the football. And you want him off your team because he has a mullet. Get real. Get lost. I'm sorry, Packer fans, but you piss me off sometimes. Yeah, I think Mike, that, this is this is one of my favorite versions of you. I I, I, I love it. Too. I can't just stand it. I cannot I love stand it. it when Packer fans don't like. You know, same with Brett Favre. You know, they they a lot of Packer fans didn't like Brett Favre. Old school guys did, but you know, some of the newer ones didn't. But I mean, these guys absolutely turned your franchise around, and and you're taking it for granted. Suck it up. The dude I think, is awesome. Though, them, I think ten out of ten Packers fans with a season without Aaron Rodgers be like, okay, I'll do anything. Bring him yes. back. Yeah, but 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 we take it for granted, and they're like, oh, he looks ugly, and he doesn't talk to his mom. Shut up. Or his or his brother. Yeah, or his brother. Well, apparently his brother's an actual actual dude. <laughs> I have no idea about that. That's what I heard, but anyway. I mean just, One thing just I... let the man be him. He's gonna mess with the media. He's gonna mess with your minds. Yes, he's smarter than you and he'll let you know. But guess what? No one likes the media. They stretch the truth. They are the ones that make you not like Aaron Rodgers. So hate the media. Don't hate your players. It's fake news. It's fake news every single time. <laughs> and it does well, suck so, that Aaron Rodgers took a giant contract, though. Ugh. You are not even close ready for the Jordan Love era. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I hated the pick. I'll be honest with you. I hated the pick at the time. But I'm still holding out. I, I've Ben is my go-to college football knowledge guy, and he told me that Jordan Love had a great – junior year and then he lost all his weapons his senior year and he was forced to chuck it everywhere and he had a lot of interceptions the no, dude's no, got I, talent I, if if we listen to the college football preview i specifically yeah. yelled yep. about how the, the minnesota offensive coordinator who came from utah state where jordan love was ruins quarterbacks and he ruined yeah. jordan love that year. <laughs> <laughs> all right the, I'm looking at right now. Uh, one guy you haven't mentioned yet, Mike, is Randall Cobb. Uh, obviously, the veteran of Randall the... Cobb or Randall Cobb? He's buried what? somewhere. <laughs> what? Sorry, I, saw... uh, you're talking about the corpse of Randall Cobb, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and that might have, that might answer my question. So, uh, 
you know, this will be, what, his 11th, 12th year in the league? Uh, I don't know. But I'm looking. He had 28 receptions last year um, from your boy. Do you expect more? No, I don't. I think that he's literally there as like a uh, – who are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about Patrick Peterson on the Vikings. I think that he's going to be basically yeah. the Patrick Peterson of the offense. He's going to try to teach all these young guys, especially um, Amari Rogers and Dubes. Um, those guys are both very similar, Dubs. you know, attributes. Dubs, like is Dubs. Dubs I like Dubs better. Dubs sounds way better. I like Dubs the best, though. It should be Dubs. Let's get some Dubs. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's going to try to, like, you know, kind of teach these guys. So I, I, I don't expect Randall Cobb to do anything this year. And if you're picking him in fantasy, I wish you the best. It would be sweet to see a resurgence. But if you didn't see it last year, you're not going to see it this year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing that I do not hear. If, if the Packers are going to win this division and actually go somewhere in the playoffs, the only way that they can actually go somewhere in the playoffs is if this wide receiver corp looks different than it does right now than what I'm looking at. They need to sign someone. And here's what I, I think I might have texted you, Ben, but this is my hope that they talk to Odell Beckham and they find out if and when he's healthy. I mean, you got to guarantee he's healthy and then sign him to a one-year contract in November or December and then just get him in that offense. Whether he actually does something or not, at least you're taking targets off the other guys. But, I mean, y- you can't win playoff games with this w- with Alan Lazard as your number one wide receiver. I will say... The only concern about your theory with OBJ is it sounds like he's been in constant talks with the Rams and the Bills. Oh, good. And they're basically Sweet. monitoring him for through like, and then it sounds like they'll be in talks throughout the year. And yeah, I'll probably just jump to which everyone looks like more like the Super Bowl favorite at whatever point and hop in and be yeah. like, yep, yeah. let's go for a ride. You can't, you can't blame him, but man, he would be the number one on this team easy. And I've always wanted to see Odell and Aaron Rodgers connection. That would be sweet. But, um, this this wide receiver ha- corpse has to change. It has to, otherwise they're not going to win the divisional round. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of questions, but I don't know. I think you guys. They'll be a good regular season team, though. Yeah, I well, think they always still... are. <laughs> yeah, I think still the favorite. Um, yeah, I think my hot take is that the Vikings are going to take the NFC North this year. I would love it. Jacob said the exact same thing to me. He said, Mike, you're going to hate it, but I'm taking Vikings to win the division. Yeah. It's weird that the Vikings fan isn't taking the Vikings to win the division because I believe it when I see it because Aaron Rodgers haunts me in my sleep. (laughs) He haunts everybody. (laughs) I I think the Packers defense is too good. I I can't go there with Minnesota just yet. I think Minnesota definitely is going to push for a playoff spot. Um, But but I think Green Bay's defense, we're going to – over on the 11 and a half, barely. I think they're at 12 wins. And yeah. that'll, that'll win the division. Yep. The only way yeah. my prediction of Kirk Cousins winning MVP comes true is probably if they win the division. So I think I have to say the Vikings have to win the division. So that's a hard thing to say, but it, uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel normal coming out of my mouth when Aaron Rodgers is healthy. So, um, But I guess uh, over-unders for the Packers. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, Mike said over for sure. D.C., uh, I'll take the over eleven and a half. Yeah, I uh, yeah I think with all your concerns that you've expressed, Mike, I think they're valid. But an important thing I think you should hold on to as a fan is that Matt Lafleur is a hell of a coach, and yes. no matter what, is he's going to put his guys in a position to win. 
unless it's an NFC Championship game, then you can probably just throw that away. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> seriously. I that's one thing I did not bring up, but Matt Lafleur is getting better and better as a head coach every single year. Um, I like I like him a lot, and it'll be really interesting to see how he is as a coach when Rodgers is gone. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Michael over under Packers eleven and a half. I'll go. I'll go over on the 11 and a half. I think they get to 12 wins. I think their defense is too good in the, especially in this division. They will be able to do what Mike's saying, uh, run the ball, control the clock. They have two very good backs. Um, Jones can pass catch. I mean, those guys, the offense is going to run through them. Um, but their defense is solid every single level. 12 wins, they win the division, and then good luck in the playoffs. I'm going to take the Packers on the under. And the under is going to be 11. It's going to be literally 11. I think they're going to win 11 games. And this is to make my Viking pick come true. And the yes. Vikings will win 12 games. <laughs> All right. Ben, it's you and me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to, should we make a bet? What, what, it depends on what are the terms of these bets. I don't know. Let's think of something. But we'll, we'll share it with the listeners on the next podcast. Okay. Sounds good. Um, snow Angels yeah. or something? Snow Angels. Speaking of Snow Angels, yeah. See what how it turns out. Uh, we oh, and we if the Vikings don't win the division and they make the playoffs, I'm doubling down with the Vikings go further than the Packers in the playoffs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will be doubling down two snow angels if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> and and what say when I say snow angels, I mean in just your underwear, snow angels, just for the viewers, because we're just saying snow angels are like, we'll just put on a coat. Like, no, I mean we're oh, just yeah. we'll be out there shirtless in snow. Mm-hmm. In the in yeah. January in Wisconsin when it's negative thirty, hurting. I got I got I got the bet I got the bet. Okay, so whoever wins the division, so like let's say the Vikings win the division with twelve wins, that means I have to do twelve snow angels. If the Packers win the division and beat the Vikings, then oh, you have to do thirteen. Done. Gotcha. You know, like if they get thirteen wins, you got to do thirteen. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that bet. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Whoa. Deal. All right. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's let's uh, wrap up the NFC North talk then with our fantasy sleepers. I'm gonna say limit everyone to one sleeper the first time around, and then you can list off other ones. I don't want because you don't want to take other people's. Let other people get other talks in. Um, I'm fine with going last, so I'll pass it to the Lions fans because they were the first to talk about their team. So let's bring them back into the fold. Uh, DC fantasy, so wait, one is... fantasy sleeper. In the entire NFC North. Yes, the entire NFC North. One okay. fantasy sleeper you got. That is tough. Um, it's hard to determine. Like, like there's some standouts. Um, obviously. Um, I don't know. Like, I, there's a guy I want to say, but I don't think people would consider him a sleeper, so I'm, I'm not gonna say it. But who is it? Let's just talk, talk through it. I think AJ Dillon. Um, I think he's I'll going take to it. be. I'll take that as a sleeper. Well, just because I, I would say Aaron Jones is still the guy uh, until proven otherwise, but um, I don't know. I, I I don't really love that from me, but I guess I'll hold on to it. Here's why I agree with you, not just like being biased, but the Packers are going to have to utilize Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the pass game more. And A.J. Dillon is like low-key really good in the pass game. Yeah. So I, I do like him a lot, and you can get him later than Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon might get more touchdowns as well because he's going to be the goal line back, and he's a good goal line. Oh, yeah. Huge. 
Yeah, and I would say like Quadzilla. if he had a steam on a screen pass, like that's not a guy I would want to uh, try to bring down. No, you know he's a truck. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Michael, your fantasy sleeper. Um, I'm looking at Green Bay as well. One of his receivers has to step up, and I think they have a couple of rookies that could make a push, especially in the second half of the season once they get uh, established. I might be taking your guy, Mike. I'm going to go Romeo Dobbs. Um, there, I believe he's fourth round pick out of Nevada. Um, just seems like he early on here is ha- has more of a connection uh, than some of their un- other younger receivers. But a guy you could get late in drafts or keep an eye on in a free agency at the start of the year. And it wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden he becomes a regular flex play for you. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, uh, Mike, go for yours. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little different speed here. So I, if you don't know me, I always have a ton of sleepers to pick from. So it's I'm gonna save my next few for later. But uh, my next one that I really like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Packers defense defense, the special teams and defense. Um, I was like I I've been doing a couple drafts and they're like ranked like ten or eleven and I really think that they're going to be a top five. I think that they're one of those guys that you can really sleep on. They're going to get a ton of picks. They might get some pick sixes. They're going to get a ton of sacks. They're going to be a good defense and I I can't see them not finishing in top seven. So I say wait on defense in your fantasy drafts and get your Packers. They're at, plus you play the Bears twice and the Lions twice. And then it always kind of seems like when you play the Vikings, they're low-scoring games-ish, you know, like 20 to 20. So you can play them during those games, too. For sure. I mean, yeah, they're definitely a really good defense. I'm curious to see how the how it plays out this year. Um, ben, you cannot take a Packer. I'm not going to take a Packer. <laughs> and this is – I'm going to call it a sleeper because uh, he's not – going i mean he goes really late in the draft um kj osborne like i said last year he had seven touchdowns for the vikings and 700 yards he was a good filler here and there in the weeks but he kind of just floated around the waiver wire i think in um o'connell's new offense he's gonna splurge in there i'm a little nervous with the jalen rieger trade i'm nervous if they really see something in rieger if he'll take snaps away from osborne but I do know they'll be doing a lot more probably for wide receiver sets as well. So they'll probably be getting all of them involved, a lot of touches to go around. But I think K.J. Osborne is poised to have another solid year. And he, at times in certain games, he was Kirk's go-to guy, and he was finding touchdowns. I think he had a two-touchdown two games. So definitely he's got to keep an eye on throughout the year because he can definitely get hot, and Kirk, Definitely is a rhythm guy sometimes, and he will target a guy over and over in a game if he's feeling him. Yeah, I backing off of that, this is kind of like my prediction of how the Viking season will go. I think Adam Thielen is going to like start out hot, like the first like six, seven, eight games. He's going to be like, you know, the number two, the go to guy. And then I think he's going to trail off. And I think Ken, KJ Osborne is going to take over that role towards the end of the season. And I think he's going to put up points for fantasy-wise. I think he's going to be a good pick. I think it's a good sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I think Thielen's still going to be the red zone guy because he's always been the red zone guy. The man's got glue for hands and can get up those contested jumps. But, yeah, I mean, Thielen definitely 
was hot to start last year and trailed off towards the end and Osborne started taking a lot more of the catches last year at the end. So it's definitely a good, a good call. I'd say in that aspect, um, I'll let him go back around. Uh, you guys got any more sleepers? I know I got a one or two, but I'll let other people go. If you guys got some more. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it guys. I think that you can't really go wrong with any of the tight ends in the NFC North. Um, and here's why. So Cole Komet, he's, he's a young stud. He's definitely a sleeper for sure, but you could see him start getting targets. Um, Hawkinson obviously is solid. And then I love Irv Smith. You know, I said it before I liked him last year and he got hurt. I like him again this year. And then Robert Tunyon, who, who else are you going to throw it to Aaron Rodgers and him have a connection. He's coming off an injury, but when he's healthy, he gets a ton of touchdowns and I, I don't hate Tunyon as a late flyer. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, Mike. Um, I think Hawk probably is the biggest name out of the four, but Komet's young and up and coming. Irv Smith has potential. And Tunyon, you know, year prior was top 10 fantasy tight end. And the targets need to go somewhere. So, I mean, that's valid. Uh, For me, uh, Um, another one to keep an eye on is uh, Khalil Herbert who is the handcuff running back for David Montgomery in Chicago. Uh, but I'm, I got a gut feeling things I'm hearing from reports there. The bears like Herbert a lot. Um, and he, at some point down the stretch could start taking touches away from Montgomery. And it's not a guarantee that David Montgomery lasts the whole year. So he may be more active and involved in that backfield than people think. Uh, late round flyer or a guy you keep an eye on yeah, on waivers and free agency at the beginning of the year. Uh, but if he plays, he's capable of pass catching. He's capable of running in between the tackles. He's a pretty good young running back. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a very smart play. I mean, and David Montgomery, when he does play, he's a workhorse and sometimes he takes the brunt of it. I mean, he'll get 25 plus carries a game sometimes cause he's a big boy. And if he definitely can easily get hurt if you're getting 25 plus carries a game in the NFL, and the definitely smart handcuff. And uh, Mike, Michael, um, I need sources. What are your sources for Khalil Herbert? You just said I've, my reports are telling me. What are their sources? Uh, you know, it's just uh, they, I, I, watching some uh, some intel from people who are way more in tune than I am. That's really what it comes. Confidential, Ben. He can't. Uh, he can't talking can't about Khalil Herbert, and I'm like. Okay, I'm I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I'm picking up <laughs> uh, what they're putting down. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's my my sources and intel. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just gonna kind of just say this in general. It's not really a sleeper, but if you're struggling to think of someone to draft just in the late rounds, I'm gonna give a group of players, and just. Packer wide receivers, targets got to go somewhere. One of these guys is going to step up. Obviously, um, like Dobbs is is like been the favorite in camp, kind of do that. But like if you're sitting around late, Christian Watson, their second round pick, Amari Rogers, their third round pick from a few years ago. Few years ago, Rogers has kind of shined a little bit in like a utility role in the preseason. I mean, if you are struggling to think of someone on their last pick or second to last pick in a draft, and you see Amari Rogers, Christian Watson, Dobbs. I don't think Sammy Watkins is falling that far, but if you're sitting there and you're seeing them there, just take a flyer on them because 
one of these guys is probably going to step up at some point during the season, and if you get them early and they start early, you have them. I could very well see Christian Watson kind of stepping into that MVS role where, like, yeah, he's not really quite developed yet, but just get him some field time. All right, just go run a fly down the, on the, down the field, and if you're open, Aaron Rodgers will chuck it to you. And he might yeah. get, like, three or four touchdowns a year. Four, I three could kind of see him taking that role. Six, four. Dude can fly. He had a little issues with drops, it sounds like, in the preseason right now. So that's somebody's working out. But so did MVS. So same yeah. thing. <laughs> Nothing new for Packers wide receivers, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any more sleepers anyone has for the NFC North? All set. Okay. Then um, quick uh, touch base. I mean, we got we are a week away from football, uh, NFL football. College football is currently ongoing a lot of places. Row the boat. Go Gophers. We're, we're, we're cruising past Jerry Kill in New Mexico State right now. It's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some great college football this weekend. Get you ready for NFL. If college football even isn't your, your cup of tea, you definitely have some powerhouses playing this weekend. Ohio State and Notre Dame and Oregon and Georgia. Great games. We'll get you ready for some NFL football. And, yeah, football season's yep. here, boys. It's We're awesome. close, man. One yeah. week, Rams go. going to be awesome. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, opening night's Rams-Bills, right? Yeah, it's going to be an awesome game. Literally could be a Super Bowl preview first week. It's kind of awesome. Yep. Very, very happy. Best time of year. Yes, absolutely. And I'm actually super just happy that the actual – I feel like the first game of the season always isn't, like, a great matchup necessarily – that Thursday night game, and this is yeah. absolutely glorious. It's like the oh, perfect yeah. first game. It's yeah. going to be so electric. Yeah, NFL is learning how to schedule slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, now they've been around for almost a century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they figure it out. We yeah, figured it out. we figured out what draws people in. <laughs> hey, we we got a good product here. We should bring bring an audience. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, just so realized I was on mute this whole time. Oh, what were you? Should we saying something? Yeah, I was saying Bills Rams first game of the season is gonna be Super Bowl preview. That's why I was pointing <laughs> at you. Oh, I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, Mike, yeah. <laughs> I was so hyped. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, uh, that's my open of the week. Yeah, yeah, your open of the week right there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, well. Thank you all for joining us. It's going to be a great week of football and a great week next week. We'll hopefully see you soon. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, share the pod, share the brand. Like we said earlier this week, there's a new logo incoming, and hopefully we'll have it to you soon. But we're all excited about it. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, and happy football watching this weekend, folks. Go, boys. Go, boys.